Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langson. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our Patreon supporters, this is your extended ad-free version of the show. And thank you, patrons, including Alex McQuilkin, Adam Binsley, Jeff Skipper, Ros Hanlon, Will Dawson, and everyone joining us now live in the chat as well. Andy, John, Camille, Luke, Nick, Pangolin Sandwich, forward slash my wife. Um, my wife, thank you all for your incredible support uh, you can access the full-length version of the show and get our exclusive sister show extra message by going to patreon.com forward slash uk tech two reasons that's significant today uh, the first is that being episode 203 means that there have been as many text messages as there were wired uk podcasts while i was still there i made 203 episodes of the wired show uh, before i left We've now, as of this show, made 203 episodes of Text Message, which makes next week very exciting because it will make it the longest-running show ever that I've done anyway. Um, and the uh, and on Extra Message this week, I went behind the scenes a little bit and talked about the original pitching process for that show and, and what coming neck, neck and neck with my, uh, with my old show uh, means to me. So that's out now at patreon.com forward slash uk tech let's get into some news ian um it was huge uh, a huge news event of course uh, this year when the glastonbury music festival was cancelled uh in response to the current pandemic but far more significantly some good music festivals have also been impacted chief among them as i'm sure nobody will contest is the download rock festival that was due in june why is this a tech story, you may rightly wonder, and I'm sure you all are. Well, the festival's organisers have decided to turn the event into an online show for the three main days the actual festival should have taken place. According to the Download website, Download Festival TV will take place via our YouTube... YouTube? That was a bit of a mistake. YouTube? Yes, but you know where I was going with that. Facebook, yes. Twitter, and Instagram channels on the 12th to the 14th of June. So pitch your tent, erect your flags, put up your horns, and get ready to mosh at a socially responsible distance. Um, now, it, it said many of the acts that were due to be participating in the uh, in the actual event will participate with music and interviews and unseen performances, interactive content, stuff like that. And they're encouraging people to pitch up their tents in their gardens instead. Now, before we discuss this with Ian, who I must caveat, is probably the person least qualified to praise the merits of a heavy metal music festival. <laughs> but I just wanted to highlight that surely there is a missed opportunity here to have branded it the stream festival rather than download might be a legal issue there might already be some streaming music festival fortunately though ian and i know that this will come as a huge relief to you um august's bloodstock festival in derbyshire is still going ahead um some of my favorite bands are still gonna be there the black dahlia murder for example they've got a new album out this week they're, they're still going to be there ginger who are from not sure where they're from i think eastern europe one of the eastern european com- countries they're still there devon townsend behemoth they're all gonna be there so don't worry everybody bloodstock is still safe for the time being 
the question I have here is, is what blood uh, a download is doing, do you think that is a, do you think it's a PR stunt that we're tapping into here? Or do you think that they're, given the, um, the pervasiveness of streaming and communi- online communities, actually you can replicate an element of a live experience at home? Okay, good questions. Um, first question, do you have to pay? No. That was oh, actually well, my first question. Yeah, it's mm. it's 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 going to be streamed for free on these on these channels. Yeah, that's good. I mean, they, they, honestly, they could charge. I don't think people would be too bothered about paying if if it was done well. You know, with nice quality and you know with some element of I don't know how you do it. I don't know how these bands are going to get together to perform live. It seems I, well. I suspect a lot of a lot of the stuff that that comes out will have been will be pre-recorded but is exclusive to this stream that's good yeah yeah um well i think i i i, I uh, to some extent yes it is a publicity thing um but i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing i think it's a, a good way of giving people something to look forward to uh you know with us all sort of trapped inside for potentially quite a, a while to come you know something like this just means that people have got a, a weekend and they can structure everything around it and they can look forward to some hearing some things that they've not heard before uh seeing some bands that they love perform i th- just i i have i have nothing but praise for the idea of it really okay that's um, good that's not what i was expecting you to say i was expecting you to have one of your you know one of your moments your morris well, moments <laughs> i i'm more likely to have a moment about an actual festival because you know, going and sit, sort of set it, setting up camp in a field, and uh, you know, having to pay a lot of money for the privilege of that um, is irksome to me. I'm not telling people that they can't do it. I'm f- perfectly fine with people spending their money as and wish, how they wish. Uh, but you know, I, I can. I, it makes far more sense for me for these things to happen at home than it does in um, you know out out in public. Uh, because there's temperatures more easily controlled at home. Also, we've got quite there's quite a lot of um, sort of precedent for all sorts of things like this. So, so do you remember, for example, when Marshmallow did that gig in Fortnite? I don't know what Marshmallow is. Uh, it's like a DJ kind of producer. I mean, Marshmallow is a sort of a music creator as well as just a DJ. Uh, and um, so also a tasty campsite snack absolutely very true yeah and his his thing is obviously that he wears a suit not obvious and the head is a a giant marshmallow um i i i suggest you uh look into it and he's, he's done a lot of stuff that you have almost certainly heard even if you haven't attributed it to uh, him himself uh so that's one example of doing something like this that was sort of a, a pr stunt but kind of interesting and groundbreaking at the same time you had to be there at a certain time um obviously the, the way they manage it you can't have every Fortnite player in the same instance so there must have been some pretty interesting technical challenges about having a performance play out live across multiple server instances of the game which i think is interesting in itself it is and if um, i remember rightly didn't wasn't it muse that did a live gig in second life quite a few I years ago i believe that you're right yes i seem to remember something about muse doing something like that as well i think i don't think it's particularly unique i think it's happened a few times over the years um and i'm all for it of course and so that's a good example of the point I was going to make. Actually, it comes down to atmosphere. A lot, obviously, the reason that people don't listen to me and go and have fun at festivals is that it's about a group of largely like-minded people getting together with a kind of music that they generally like uh, and having a lovely time together. It's um, it's not just about the music. 
I think you're going to miss some of that in having it streamed to home. But of course, people will probably do things where they have like Zoom chats with friends and, you know, they're all enjoying it together. It's all part of a communal experience, right? So having and, and your download right. happen at a certain time means that they can all enjoy it together. And th- th- that will be uh, as good as we can get right now. One of the one of the. I mean, you, you, you've hit on a very important point, which is which is the social aspect of this. And there is no replicating the kind of social interaction that you get at something like a festival, because in the same way that if you go on a on a date or a, you know, or a speed date or you go on a date to a movie, it's giving you a common thing to talk quite a lot about, no matter yeah. who you are, where you've come from, what your other interests are. And you're going are. to meet new people as well. You know, even if you're not out to meet new friends, you're going to have casual interactions with people that will be different and unusual for your life that's you know obviously a big part of the festival experience is having an experience that you know changes your outlook it's a very valuable one as well i mean i I don't i'm I'm sure you know this but when i when i my friend brad when i got married um i had i had three groomsmen i had my 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 uh my now brother-in-law i had you ian i'm sure you remember yes i do remember Um, and i had brad and uh, that's what I think the American is it called an usher or do we call them ushers and they call them groomsmen? We, I don't know. we call them ushers, they call them groomsmen. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, plus Andy, my brother, was my best man. But Brad, I met at Download, and Brad is amazing. So and I know Brad now because of you. So this this festival has given us both a gift. So all of that comes back to download. So for, for something like this, I suppose that's why I find this interesting. There's a personal aspect, but I do like the idea of, of festivals moving online when there is this huge ability for us to interact in all of these ways that we now can. Something like yeah. Eurovision has always been a great event for watching live with people remotely from different houses. But yeah. with a festival that's quite specific to a subculture, more than anything else I, i'm kind of looking forward to seeing how that plays out i fully anticipate i fully plan on being involved in it in some in some form um and i think that's quite nice well you've got a good sound system if they're streaming good quality it'll be a, a, a very pleasant experience i'm sure could well be yes i am um, i used to sit I don't, i've never really been a big fan of eurovision and i even even the you know the the kitschiness of it doesn't really work for me um but I used to sit on, because I had nothing else to do when Eurovision was on often, I would sit in an IRC channel um, with loads of people from sort of all across Europe and they'd all talk about it. And it was good fun. Like that was, for me, by far the best part of the, you know, that thing was having that experience with other people, you know, taking the mickey, having some laughs, etc. So, yeah, this will be great. Meanwhile, in news that will surprise nobody but yet still presents a prime opportunity for analysis nonetheless, the BBC reported this week that energy firms have said home energy use is up as much as 30% during the middle of the day as a result of much of the population working and being educated from home. The highest peak is at lunchtime, the BBC wrote, when cooking is added to the power consumption of working from home. But, and this is the bit that intrigued me most, Ian, overall, the UK is actually using less energy because of businesses being closed. In fact, the National Grid has reported that morning and afternoon electricity demand is down by nearly 20%, largely due, it says, to industries and and factories in particular 
being shuttered. Um, there were some other stats that I plucked from the feathered rear of this statistical beast. Would you like me to enlighten you? Go for it. Households are consuming about 20% less energy than usual at 7.30 a.m. Because instead of people getting up to prepare for a commute, they seem to just be staying in bed longer. <laughs> yep, that's certainly what I do when I got the opportunity. Get out of bed at 8.59. Is, th- is that really? And I bet you're still yeah, late to work, aren't you? I, I, yes, often. No. Um, well, I mean, the thing is, I, I'm be- terrible at taking lunch breaks. So I give myself a little bit of slack in the morning. But yeah, you know, I'm usually online for nine. Right. You know, I don't even think you're joking. I think you do probably get up about five to nine. No, I do. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not joking. Unless I've got yeah. the kids coming and they te- they generally rock up about eight. Uh, yeah, I, I get up as close to starting work as possible. Why? Okay, well, Why you, not? You va- well, you validated this. You validated this. Well, I certainly do because I normally get up about half past five, whereas now I'm getting up yeah. about half past six. Yeah, that's really good. Um, one energy provider told the BBC that it had seen a seven percent drop in usage between nine and eleven p.m which is, uh, again, according to this provider, suggesting that some people are switching off earlier as well, which is interesting. Ah. So a real excuse for a lie-in um, or, or just more sleep <clears throat> in general. People are bored, me. basically. They're like, I'm bored. I'll go to sleep. Could be. Uh, Not the me, third... though, because I don't sleep at all at the moment. Yay! No, I know. This explains why yesterday you sent me a screenshot of you stroking a cat in a video game. <laughs> yeah. Destiny. Mm. I'm sure it is. Now with cats. Uh, Final stat. Two energy providers said that when everything is combined, electricity use is up about 4 or 5%, depending on who you ask. This is uh, for households uh, and where the lines of comparison are drawn. Now, overall, I mean, we've said here that uh, the electricity demand is down nearly 20% because of like massive uses of, uh, of electricity being shut, industries and factories and things like that. I would have expected that to be even lower but i suspect as well that a lot of offices their machines are just on and and computers are Maybe. just being left on or people well, didn't shut them down before a lockdown i'm not sh- i'm not so sure about that I, d- I i can't comment um i i imagine a lot of people like me are based entirely on uh, laptops these days so they probably just took them with them um I, I a lot of companies will run some form of their own server infrastructure so i'm assuming that that will have been left on um and you know all the things that do routing in the offices you know that kind of hardware will all be still operating even though it's dismally unused uh so i can sort of see that as being making sense yeah, I, 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 I'd be very interested in knowing other people's experiences of this. But I mean, in I'm not I'm not very green when it comes to my office power consumption. I'm not very green at home. And that's part of the reason why I, I pay for um, I pay more for like 100 percent renewably sourced electricity because I use so much of it. I feel kind of guilty. And that's my way of trying to offset it a little bit. But I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm alone in in not no, being super I, super considerate of the environment in an office environment. I, well, I, I'm I'm not so bad in the office because there's very little I can do to make it worse because I just have a laptop, so I unplug it at the end of the day and take it home with me. Um, at home, I'm a, I'm an absolute disaster, frankly, and because I've got I've got an old i7 running as a little server that I use occasionally, but it's not doing a huge amount um i've got several nas drives that are all running all the time uh i am a an electronic disaster um so yeah well on the topic what's your what would you say your favorite 
least efficient CPU was in history. Because I actually know what mine is. Really? Yeah. It was a Pentium 4. Yeah. I mean, they used to be, they used to drink something like 400 watts, didn't they? It was a ridiculous processor. Yeah. It's gone the other way. It's, you know, GPUs now drink the power and CPUs mm. are much more sippy. Uh, but yeah, I, I suspect it would be it would be one of those later Intel processors. Um, I don't think that i7 I've got is particularly power efficient. I think it's uh, quite a, a, a consumer of electrons. Well, we've probably uh, we probably uh, ventured to the the equivalent depths of a James Cameron deep sea venture in terms of our nerdiness. Uh, but <laughs> let's just continue it for the sake of a link. If you have a favourite inefficient central processing unit uh, unit <laughs> that you remember from your PC days of old, let us know what it is, how much power did it consume, and with what did you replace it. Hello at uktechshow.com. We've been following the trend of the Tinfoil Hat Brigade's efforts to link 5G phones to the spread of a biological virus, no names mentioned, and a couple of developments this week I think merited comment, as did Ian. He, he also thought it merited comment. Uh, first, there was a LinkedIn post made by the UK boss of Vodafone, a chap called Nick Jeffrey. He wrote, quote, It is deeply disappointing to learn that arsonists are still attacking our mobile phone masts. That's 20 so far. One of the sites targeted over the weekend provides mobile connectivity to the Nightingale Hospital in Birmingham. Arsonists, please think about what you are doing and stop. Imagine if you... Uh, if it were your mum or dad, your gran or granddad in hospital. Imagine not being able to see or hear them one last time, all because you've swallowed a dangerous lie. There is obviously no link... Abs- sorry, there is absolutely no link between 5G and coronavirus. There is no science-based evidence 5G is harmful to human health. Now, this provoked quite a few responses, perhaps unsurprisingly, and I'm going to be fair and give some time to one on either side of the debate but we're going to start with the sensible ones who don't need um serious reviews of their own life choices um this one person whose profile says they work for a large telecom equipment maker commented publicly quote i was out today on a capacity increase on a street work site and had verbal abuse that i won't post here regarding 5g and the virus If they had stopped to listen, I would have explained the site I was on was 2G and 4G, not 5G. But this person said, more to come tomorrow, I expect. Uh, Another person later wrote, As an engineer, engineer, I've been invited by Orange to some meetings to speak with sceptics. These people are living somewhere between conspiracy theories and Facebook fake news. It's like a religion. You can show all the evidence... Um, you like telling them that your work you've been working on RF radio frequency for 30 years that it doesn't make a difference you want to sh- they just want to show you that you're wrong and evil I'll, I'll stop there because I think um, I think this is interesting because it was the first that I'd heard about people like engineers in a street doing maintenance work getting abuse yeah yeah yeah, exactly I mean there's no excuse for any of this like that behavior is appalling and would be appalling no matter what and even if there was evidence, it would be still be appalling. There are ways of handling things, and this is not that. 
So I, I hope I hope people out doing work on antennas. I hope the, this this was an isolated incident. I suspect it won't be, but I do hope it is, and I hope everyone is um, is is able to stay safe doing that work. Um, finally, um, uh, the, uh, the final comment on the Vodafone chief's post I wanted to come to is from someone who says according to their LinkedIn profile, they're an expert in strategy, communications, and people, and in the same line says they have an IQ in the 99.99th percentile, which I looked up and equates to an IQ of at least 156. <laughs> so that that's genius, advanced, like high genius level person. Anyway, this person accused Jeffrey of emotional blackmail, which I can sort of see the argument for talking about put yourself in the shoes of someone whose loved ones are dying, you can't speak to them. But it is far outweighed by significant other levels of bullshit, Um, which is this person argued in these threaded comments with one of the network engineers that they needed to reveal their qualifications um, if they were to know more about 5G than a doctor. That person replied... I worked on the technology for Vodafone and understand it better than you do over 20 years. You've managed to promote a conspiracy theory and don't even realize 99th percentile or not. <laughs> um, so there's or a not. lot. Yeah. So there's a this this kind of debate, this back and forth debate, I've always assumed was taking place on the Facebooks, on the Twitters, on the socials, and of course on mainstream broadcast terrestrial television, which we'll come to in a second. But it's But it's gone into the threaded replies of a ceo's comment on a linkedin post and i'm just not i'm not used to seeing this kind of moaning and bitching and arguing taking place in the post of a linkedin thread it's absolutely ridiculous is what it is because these people have absolutely no qualification to talk about any of this stuff i I mean 99 percent of them there might be some who have some element of qualification and i suppose we should include ourselves in this as well but i'm very happy to be led by what scientists say about this matter and they have um you almost universally said that that you know they understand what the risks are of exposing people to this kind of radio frequency and uh, nothing is completely safe obviously uh but the the risks are understood and uh, the low low powers that we use for mobile communications there isn't a significant problem. The final thing I wanted to uh, point out that happened this week is uh, Eamon Holmes was forced to issue a public statement after appearing to promote 5G conspiracy theories on mainstream breakfast television on this morning. Uh, He's now being investigated by the regulator Ofcom for those remarks. Sky wrote that Holmes was criticised for causing, quote, untold damage after he said it was very easy to dismiss the conspiracy theory that claims this link between 5G and coronavirus because it suits the state narrative. (laughs) Ofcom told Sky that that the regulator at the time had had over 400 complaints and added that we are assessing this program in full as a priority. Now, the following day, Holmes said, every theory relating to such a connection has been proven to be false, and we would like to emphasise that. Now, it's a shame for a man with such nice soft hands to be using them to fling bullshit around the country which is a real which is a real shame um but uh, th- there's a lot th- that's going on and it's really concerning me how it, much yes. mainstream attention this is getting and i don't consider us mainstream because we're a tech show where we're asking people to email in about their favorite least efficient processes so i don't consider us mainstream in that regard um 
but I think we need to keep on top of this because this has we do it, history has shown that these kinds of fears have led to serious repercussions. Well, they have, Look, and we know we know the big one being the anti-vax movement. <laughs> well, oh, right, okay, you know, if if you want, uh, but no, the the anti-vax movement was spawned from essentially one scientist's um, un incorrectly sort of uh, peer-reviewed. Uh, thesis that um, vaccines cause autism and uh, we now have uh, diseases that were eradicated coming back as a result of it uh, suffering and, and, and people you know dying or being very ill and having to live with those repercussions for the rest of their lives um, and that was largely one person responsible for creating a, a worldwide panic and the same thing is happening again now um there's i've seen ridiculous and and absolutely xenophobic and racist comments about uh you know the virus's origin and 5g's origin if you will uh being similar um these things are it, it, it pains me it pains me on every level it pains me because it's inaccurate and unscientific and it pains me because it's just a, another symptom of a you know of people wanting to other people who are not the same as them even though we are all the same they're all stupid bags of meat my concerns are and always will be about the the spread of false information and this is absolutely that like I, I don't mind having a conversation about the safety of 5g i don't mind if people have um you know if there are scientific papers written that question things and they are they are good science all we can ever do this is this is why this debate causes so many problems because we can never ever say definitively in science things are true that's not how science works you know that there are 99% of global scientists agree that man made climate change is a thing there are some who do not and science can't say well you're wrong because that's not how it works like we have a theory and that's about as good as it gets sometimes we can prove things um, and you know, but these people aren't playing by the rules. They're, they're they're going on social media and they're making something up. Some of them are doing it maliciously. Some are believing it because they think there's enough credible link to it. Um, and and that's and those are the people we need to protect. You know, I'm not. I don't want to be mean or unpleasant to those people, but they aren't necessarily. They're not interested in thinking about it. Uh, critically that they just see something and they think well that seems credible to me i think you know we don't know enough about this and and science can't be robust in that way and say actually yes we do we know for sure there are no dangers in related to this um so i'm i'm happy to have a debate with someone who thinks something and there are reports that suggest that there is uh damage to done to things rats mostly uh by 5g and some of those papers have been discredited as well because i had a look into it um so you know I, I'm, I'm happy to have a conversation but what i'm not happy to see is this nonsense on social media where people can just go on and make anything they want up reclaim links to this that and the other and then just scream mainstream media at you at the end it's just it's, it's you can't argue with it and that's why it doesn't deserve any decent sort of attention paid to it well if you have a counterpoint obviously we're welcome we welcome them all do send them in hello at uktechshow.com nothing says a day well spent than the encouragement of a balanced debate 
You're used to hearing the smooth, velvet sound of Nate's voice drizzled over your ears like a warm eardrum syrup, topped off with the freshly squeezed citrus tang of an Ian Morris opinion. Supporters of the show at patreon.com forward slash UK tech enjoy second helpings every week. So pull up a chair, find your nearest spoon, and tuck into a sumptuous extra helping with no commitment. If you have any allergies, please inform a waiter. We had some great feedback that came in over the last week, but we've run a bit long this week, so hopefully we'll get to that next week. But thank you to everyone who has been emailing us. Thank you also to Tom Merritt, who keeps us in supply of our global view on the week's technology events. Here he is explaining what's been happening this week. This week on Daily Tech News Show, we discussed some of the free places to get TV shows and talked about why all this increased video viewing is not leading to increased revenue for video creators. We also kicked around a few of the great ways to take a break from reality, including Animal Crossing and virtual reality, looked at why Twitter is not always toxic and in fact has helped oncologists with the challenge of fighting cancer during a pandemic, and looked ahead to how the workplace will change when folks are allowed to head back into the office. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Thank you, Tom. And uh, yeah, do check out Daily Tech News Show for all of your tech needs, except for the ones you come to us for. Ian, um, I think that's about it, isn't it? Other than to thank our patrons who are brilliant and beautiful and amazing and smell great, I'm sure. And I'm sure also taste fairly good on uh, some days. So thank you. Patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Not at all you weird. Can get no, not at all, <laughs> is it? Well, um, you know, I have never tasted any of our patrons, I'll be honest. It's never come up. I never think that's once. probably a good thing, and I'm, I'm glad you admitted it. Oh, the file count's finished. 85,517, 4,609 folders, 1.13 terabytes. And that's just the photos. And um, the reason that's relevant, by the way, people, is that on the Patreon version of the show this week, our extended version, we talked about digital hoarding and the processes that we use for hoarding our things and what other people seem to be using. So that's on the Patreon version right now, patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Ian, I'm off. Toodlepip. Au revoir. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher.